Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Karamasiki. Yeah, Koye. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know that's happening. I know that's happening, Lord. I know that's happening. I had an experience coming back from Kansas City and another one early morning this morning. And putting the two together, I see what the Lord's saying to me. I won't go into all of it because I don't have time. It's more extensive than I have time for. But basically, it needs to be fully revealed. The corruption that's going on behind the scenes in our elections. America has not woken up yet. I'm telling you, it has to be revealed. Father, in the name of Jesus, we call it all out into the light this morning under the authority of the head of the church. Be revealed. Father, I call for it all to be exposed, to be fully revealed to this nation to be presented to the consciousness of this nation in the name of Jesus. I bind every force that seeks to cover it up in the authority of the blood, in the authority of the name, and under the anointing of special faith. I say it's done in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name, not, no, not, not, not part of it, all 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 of it, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the, I'm speaking by the Spirit. On the way back from Kansas City, talked a bit, and then I just had an unction to pray, and I went into the Spirit praying, and I saw it. Some of you don't believe it, but it's, it's actually true. I saw it. Amen. And it's coming out into the light. It's coming out into the light. It's coming out. Come. The best antidote for corruption is sunshine. <laughs> S-O-N, shine. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> when you get unction, pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. 
He'll give you assignments and he'll, 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 he'll deal with you. Pray. This, this needs to be dealt with. Pray. And you'll go into the spirit and you'll see and know. And, you, and you'll deal with things. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not talking by what I've seen on the news media. Don't, don't go down that road with me. I'm talking about what the Holy Ghost showed me. He showed it to me. I saw it. Amen. Let me just say this. I could say a whole lot, but let me just say this. There needs to be an end of delayed election results. That's where most of the corruption is. That's where it gives them time to see what do we need to do? What do we need to do? That needs to come to an end. The election needs to be decided the day of. The day of. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Not speaking by, by my thinking. I've been, pastor's been watching the news. Really, I, I've been monitoring headlines, but that's about it. I'm talking about what I went into the spirit and saw. Let's just laugh because the devil's under our feet. You imagine a mischievous device and you'll not be able to perform it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. I can say a whole lot more, but I will say this. The Lord dealt with me this morning about the, an experience I had. I don't remember the year. I, I don't know. Two, I don't know. 2000? I don't know, remember what it was. Way back there. 20 years ago. 20, 22 plus years ago, I think. But um, where he said to me, I had a dream. And in my dream, just as vivid, I'm telling you, you cannot deny some of these things. You can't doubt some of these things. I've shared them with, with many well-known ministers, and they've, they've said, that's God. Um, uh, anyway, I, I don't know. I shun the limelight. Some of them want to get me on programs and talk about it. I'm not too. But I, I basically, the Lord in my dream said, come, let us go into the president's room. And he escorted me and walked with him. Saw him in the dream. Walked with him. And we walked past the garden where there was wrong plants, plants planted. Went into the president's room and I saw what was going on in there. In the office. See, that's, that's talking about the office. He's made me a watchman over the office of the president of the United States. There's other watchmen. I'm not the only one. Don't, don't, don't make me... St- Sound like I'm an arrogant because I'm not the only one, but I'm, I'm one of the watchmen. And so he said, let us go into the prayer. He showed me what's in there. And I was praying this morning. He said, he said, get over into the spirit. There's something I want to show you. He reminded me of that. And he said, get over into the spirit more. There's something I want to show you. Hallelujah. So there's something that needs to be revealed. Let's pray. I'm not just saying right now, but I'm just saying, let's believe God for that revelation to come. Amen. Amen. It's coming to pass. God's will is being done in this nation. In this nation. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, greet your neighbor and say, ha, ha, ha. The devil's a liar and he's defeated. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.
Some of you had a question about what I shared in the offering before we get into the word here. Well, what about that leaving the wife? Am I supposed to leave my wife to go preach the gospel? No, but she might leave you. That's an abandonment. Not because of your choice, but because you said, I'm going to obey God. Or husband, you know. Sweetie, you're invited to come along. You know what I'm talking about? I love you more than any human being, but I love God and love his plan more than any human being. Amen. And uh, sometimes they decide, no, not going with that. Not going with that. I've, I've had, I've had to work, pe- help people through that. But I told him, I said, Hey, don't cry. I said, cause there's a hundredfold wife for you. Amen. I'm not talking to you. <laughs> I'm going to leave my wife. God's got a hundredfold. With, no, 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 no. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. So part of that is you, you abandon yourself to the plan of God and somebody else doesn't want the plan of God. And they decide to go another direction. Well, thank God for the harvest. Amen. Somebody got an answer right there. You ready to get in the word this morning? I want to go to Matthew chapter number 24 this morning. Matthew chapter 24, we, uh, for a couple of services, got away from it, but I want to go back to something that we were preaching on for a while, talking about end times. And uh, particularly, it's a lot different end time preaching than, than what many people do. We're preaching on end times for the church. End time preaching for the body of Christ, end time preaching for the church. We're not necessarily emphasizing when Israel's going to come be attacked by Russia or anything like that. And that's the Ezekiel 37, 38 war. I don't know if you've ever read that. Some things are lining up for that, but I'm not waiting for that. I'm looking for all, I'm to do my part in what the end time plan of God is. But so Jesus was sitting here on the Mount of Olives, and this is in Matthew 24, verse 3. And he came to his, uh, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when shall these things be? And uh, he talks about the fulfillment of verse 2, when the temple would be destroyed and so forth. When shall these things be? And then he said, what, the, the disciples said, what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? So there's three things there. He, they're asking specifically, number one, when's the temple going to be destroyed? Because he had just said it would be destroyed. And then, but they went on beyond that, what shall be the sign of thy coming? In other words, then they go way beyond to the end times, our day, and Jesus coming back, and then they went all the way to the end of the world. Jesus answered and said unto them, so they're asking three things, take heed, no man deceive you. Many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ shall deceive many. So the first warning he gave us was against deception. Um, and uh, we, sh- we haven't shared much on that. I'd like to get on that. We'll see how the Lord leads us. And then you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled. We spent some time on being not troubled. I mean, this, this end time stuff that we're about to read is not something to be worried about. For the believer, it doesn't belong to us. It'll be like in the days of Israel and Egypt's bondage. I mean, they were in Egypt, but Egypt, they didn't have all the plagues. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You hear wars, rumors of wars. Be not, see that you be not troubled. Now notice he didn't say God will keep you from trouble. He said you see to it. So learn how to not worry. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Not because they're God's will, but because of the fallen nature of man and yielding to the flesh. 
It's inevitable, one translation says. Nations shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. Uh, that's talking about nations. The word nation means ethnic groups. Ethnic and racial division as a sign of the end times. Kingdom against kingdom, famines. I mean, they're talking about not having enough food right now. Pestilence, earthquakes, diverse places. Pestilences, plagues. We just came through one of those. <laughs> earthquakes, you can hear about that a lot. In diverse places, unusual places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Literally, it means birth pangs. Well, there's something coming then. Just like a baby's getting ready to be born when there's birth pangs, there's something coming. And uh, that's, what's coming is the uh, millennial reign. Uh, there's the tribulation, of course, but then the millennial reign. They, they shall deliver you up to be afflicted and kill you, and shall be hate, you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. You can see that on the rise. Christians are now the bad people. You know, good people are bad and bad people are good. And uh, for my name's sake, they shall, then shall many be offended. <laughs> I saw a sign the other day said, just because you're offended doesn't mean you're right. <laughs> And they shall betray one another and shall hate one another. Betrayals on the, I mean, they, they tried to get us to betray one another during COVID-19. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Turn your neighbor in. He's out mowing his grass. <laughs> many, shall, many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And uh, that's, that's certainly YouTube's full of that. And because iniquity shall abound. I'm just bringing it home. You know, you can read it and say, oh, wow. But bring, bring it home. I mean, think about it. And uh, many, uh, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Well, that's true. That's happening. We could spend a lot of time on that. But he that should endure to the end shall be saved. That's my part right there. That's what I'm supposed to do. Stick with God's plan. Just stay with God's word. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. Then shall the end come. So they ask, when's the end going to come? And he said, well, this gospel has to go into all the world first. So let's be busy about that. Somebody said, boy, I'm looking forward to the end coming. Well, let's, to get it to come, get, get involved in getting the gospel out. Amen. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world, and then for a witness unto all nations, then shall the end come. When you shall see the abomination of desolation. Then he goes into the tribulation, some things about the tribulation. We haven't gotten into that. But let's go over here. Um, he, he talks about in verse 29, immediately after the tribulation in those days, the sun will be darkened. There's going to be a lot of stuff in the tribulation right there at the end of the tribulation. And uh, we won't take the time to read all that, but go down through here. He talks about Israel being reborn as a nation in verse number 32 through 35. And then uh, he talks, let's go down to verse, uh, he, he, then he starts saying, be ready. Uh, verse 42, no, watch ye therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know that if the goodman of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would have not have suffered his house to be broken in. Right. Yeah. Now he's talking about watching. Right. Therefore, be, verse number 44, be there, therefore be ye also ready, ready for in such an hour as ye think not the Son of Man cometh. So the emphasis of, for, for a few verses here is be ready. And he says that a lot. You go over into Matthew 25, he says it all over again. Be ready. You, he's coming. He's coming. Be ready. Amen. And so to be ready, to, to be uh, exhorted or charged to be, to be ready without us knowing how to do that yeah. is unfair. What does ready look like? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, um, 
We've shared many things about that, and there's so much we, we haven't got to yet, but I want to look, just keep, keep on reading in verse number 45 here this morning. Who then is a faithful and wise servant, whom his Lord hath made ruler over his house to give them meat in due season? Now, that, I read that, and I just hear pastoring all over that. Just, just uh, somebody that's assigned to feed the flock. Remember the pastors feed the flock of God? Paul departed from Ephesus and he had a pastor's conference before he left. He said, feed the flock of God over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers. Amen. So that's, that's uh, somebody that's called to an assignment in the ministry, such as pastoring, who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his Lord hath made him made ruler over his household to give them meat in due season. Then he said, blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, So this is talking about Jesus coming back. When he cometh shall find so doing. Verily I say unto you that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. And if that evil servant shall say in his heart, my Lord delayeth his what? Coming. Coming, And shall begin to smite his fellow servants and to eat and to drink with the drunken. In other words, living in the flesh. The Lord of that servant will come, underline come. In a day when he looketh not for him and in an hour that he is not aware of. You know, living in the flesh makes you insensitive to spiritual things, including the timing of things. And uh, Jesus returned. People living in the flesh aren't aware of how close it is. And uh, he said, he'll come whenever in an hour that he's not aware of and shall cut him asunder and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Well, that sounds pretty serious. That doesn't sound like, you know, let's just play games and see if, see if, see if we can kind of skimp into heaven. Amen. That's pretty serious. All right. So, but anyway, we're talking about the end times, talking about the return of Jesus. We're talking about being ready. Um, and we've been sharing on that. I think you can see from this passage of scripture, no question about it in my mind, that what it, part of what it means to be ready is to be doing what he told you to do. Be doing what, it, what he told you to do. In other words, you could say it this way, following his plan for your life. Not doing your own plan, but following his plan for your life. Amen. And uh, that plan really has to be, you, you have to find that plan uh, and, and fulfill that plan. When we talk about following God's plan, we're talking about finding it and fulfilling it. Well, you might say, well, if I stand before the Lord and, and I didn't know what his plan was, he'll say, okay, well, that's all right. Then. No, no, that's not good enough. How many of you know if, if he has a plan for our life and we don't do what is necessary to find it, which includes having a prayer life, it also includes renewing our mind with the word of God. If we don't do what's necessary to find that plan, then we'll stand before the Lord and have to give an account of something that we were supposed to know, even though we didn't know what we were supposed to know. I, I don't want to stand before the Lord and because I didn't really seek him in prayer. I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing. You know, if you don't know what to be doing, then you're going to be doing the wrong thing. <clears throat> Amen. So what do we see then? Following God's plan keeps you ready to meet him at his coming. Well, what if I don't fully fulfill it because, because uh, you know, I was doing everything he told me to do, but there was more to it and I just hadn't finished it yet. Well, if, if he comes before you fulfill it and you're on track with him, 
you'll get credited as if you fulfilled it. Amen. So uh, it, this, this is one big key to, to being ready to meet him. Amen. So I want to talk about God's plan this morning for your life. Uh, Ephesians 2.10 in the Amplified says that God has paths. Let's just go over there and read it. We know it. I think many of us know it, but let's just take for the, for the sake of those maybe who haven't heard it much. Look at it together. Ephesians 2.10 in the Amplified. If you don't know this verse in the Amplified, this might this morning become one of your favorite verses. Verse number 10, for we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship. Well, I'm certainly not my workmanship. People hear what I said in the offering and think I'm bragging. I'm bragging on him. That's his, I'm his workmanship. I tried to do a lot of things and I couldn't do them. (laughs) We are his workmanship. Recreated in Christ Jesus. Born anew, that we should sit around, play a harp, and just wish that Jesus would come. No, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, for us, taking paths which He prepared ahead of time. He's got a plan for our lives. That's not just for ministers. That's all of us. All of us are his workmanship. And so his plan has already been laid out. He's got a plan. For for us as believers, it's not a matter of, you know, I guess taking an aptitude test and finding out what we're good at. Well, I got quiet on on that. Huh? And then say, well, that's what I'm going to do with my life. They they said I would be good at this. Well, uh, you know, if Moses had taken an aptitude test, he'd have never bled Israel. And, and he stuttered. Amen. And you find a lot of people in the Bible like that. See, God's plan, God doesn't uh, look for people that are able to fulfill his plan. He looks for people that have the right heart. And then he says, I'm going to enable them to do it. They don't have the ability, but I'm going to give them the ability. Hallelujah. So paths have been prepared. Plans have been made. It's not a matter of making plans and asking God to bless them. It's a a matter of finding what his plan is and just pursuing that plan, following that. And that's already blessed. So plans planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time. Now here that we should live in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. He's prepared a good life. I I know, what is that, Jeremiah 29, what is that, verse number 11? I know, King James says the thoughts. Many translations say plans that I have for you. Plans to make you marry somebody ugly that you don't even like. No. I don't know why I brought that up so much lately. Plans to do you good. (laughs) plans to do you good he's got a good plan for your life glory be to God that you living the good life 
somebody wrote a book a couple of years ago, a number of years ago. I haven't read it. I don't know anything about it, except I do know the title. It talks about living your, your best life. Somebody, so a whole lot of people got all upset about it because he's talking about living your best life down here. Well, we just ought to be interested in eternity. Of course we ought to be interested in eternity. But see, we're not in eternity yet. We're qualifying for eternity right now. I don't mean, I mean, we're already saved, but I mean, for the level of rewards in eternity, we're qualifying for those. Amen. But uh, no, God's got a good life for you down here. Glory be to God. I mean, it's going to, it's, 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 remember he said exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ask or think. Some of you are sleeping on me this morning. Exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ask or think. I can think pretty big. He can do, he can do better than that. <laughs> now, how's he do it? According to the power that works in us. It's how much of that power you yield to. How much of that power you keep in manifestation. How much of that power you can keep active. That's an issue of faith. It's an issue of praying in other tongues. Well, anyhow, living the good life, which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. It's already available. It's already prearranged. Can you say amen? Amen. So, um, you know, the, the, the plan of God is where the good life is. But God's plan, and, and God's plan has blessings on it. He said, I know the plans, remember song, uh, uh, Jeremiah 29, 11. The plans I have for you, plans to do you good. Listen to some of these, other these translations here. Uh, Jeremiah, in the Good News translation, Jeremiah 29, 11. Good News says, I alone know the plan I have for you. Plans to bring you prosperity and not disaster. Plans to bring about the future you hope for. Amen. The future you hope for. You got any dreams? Those dreams fulfilled are in the plan. Not in you saying, well, I don't have time to do, my, to do God's will. You know, I, guess I just got to follow my dream. Well, you just disqualified for the, pl- for the, for the dream. So, uh, plans, not to, to, plans not for disaster. Plans to prosper you and not disaster. You know, like marrying a snaggletooth woman or something like that. <laughs> plans to bring about the future you hope for. Amen. New English or new, excuse me, New Century Version says, I say this because I know what I'm planning for you says the Lord, I have good plans for you, not plans to hurt you. I will give you hope and a good future. My future is bright. How about yours? Because I choose the plan of God and I don't just choose it and, and, you know, cry while I'm following it. I'm, I'm, I'm delighting myself in it. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, we know his plan is that we be born again. His plans that we be every believer, every believer filled with the spirit, speaking with other tongues, walking in the spirit, worshiping God in the spirit, walking in the light of the word, walking by faith. Amen. We know all that. But what about that? And that's in just the plan that's already revealed in the word. What about the specifics of his plan? You know, God doesn't tell you some of the specifics. The, the word of God is written in general ways for all of us. 
But what about the specifics? Well, you're going to have to discover those in your prayer life. And learning to look to the Holy Ghost and not look to your mind. I don't think you can preach enough on that subject, to be honest with you. Christians are still, feel, feel, they're still rationalizing in their minds about how, you know, what God's plan is. But anyway, um, there, some of the principles of following God's plan is just what I want to talk about this morning. Just some practical things about following God's plan. Would that be all right? It's not going to be anything maybe deep, but right on the other hand, you need to realize God has a plan. And then uh, some practical things about how to follow that plan. You're going to have to give an account for this plan. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.10 in the Amplified, it says, We must all appear and be revealed as we are before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive his pay. Payday. According to what he has done in the body, whether good or evil, considering what his purpose and motives have been. So you see, there's, God doesn't just look on what we did, but what our motives were and purpose. And there's so many things you could preach. I'm just skipping by a lot of it. What, and what he has achieved, been busy with, and given himself and his attention to accomplishing. So we're going to give an account. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ and give an account for what we've been busy with, what we have achieved. In other words, have we been busy with our own plans or doing God's plan for our lives? Remember Hebrews 12, 1? He said, seeing we're compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which so easily besets us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. There's a race set before us. Yes. The Amplified says the appointed course of the race. Yes. Yes. You know, I've had over the years here at church, I could tell you about nine or ten different people that have had experiences where they've been caught up to heaven, visions or dreams or caught up to heaven and talked to the Lord. And I think all of them that I can, that I can remember, all of them but maybe one of them, maybe one or two of them. I, I would say the vast majority of them. I mean... Uh, if there's 10 of them and one or two of them were not the case, then that's a majority of the ones that were the case. So I think maybe, maybe eight or nine out of 10, I want to say nine if I, if I remember correctly, where the Lord was revealing to them his plan for their lives. See, these things, these, these kind of experiences, they have purpose. Amen. God's not having you caught up to heaven to have tea and, and cookies with angels or something like that. You know, some people have the strangest, I don't know. You're just not sound. You need to turn them off on YouTube. They're just the strangest people. They think that God's out entertaining you or something. No, he's a very purposeful God. And so these things are to reveal specifics about God's plan. Now that doesn't mean you have to have a, a vision, be caught up to heaven to know what God's will is. You just follow the inner witness. And you can be real accurate, right on track with the plan of God. Amen. Well, I'm just doing everything I know to do. Well, then good. Just stay with it. But anyway, these things, God has a specific course. I could tell you the uh, testimonies of people where they, they in, in the vision where they were caught up to heaven, they were on this path. And on that path was all the divine connections they were supposed to make. There, on this path was where, where Jesus had uh, the, the right impartations were made into their lives. Amen. Amen. 
And God has a plan for every one of our lives. Every one of our lives. Amen. And so don't think you're off the hook. Well, I'm not called to the fivefold ministry. I'm just off the hook. You know, there, let's say Matthew 24 there, that, that implies there, you know, that man, he was called to feed the sheep. Uh, it implies their fivefold ministry, but don't think you, well, I'm not fivefold ministry. So I, you know, I don't, God doesn't have a plan for my life. It's not that important. No, God has a plan for everyone in your life. Every, every, everybody, everybody's got a supply for the body of Christ. And, uh, we're going to give an account for that, whether we, whether we brought that supply or not. Hallelujah. And so, uh, God has a plan, but we must discover it. We must find it. Amen. Now, God has a plan. Let's think of it in, in this light. God has a plan in the Word of God. It tells us how to live, tells us how to walk, so forth and so on. But then God has a plan, uh, let's say, for, for His blessings. He has a blessed life for us. But then He has a plan for us as far as bringing a supply to the work of God. Oftentimes, it has to do with the local church. God's, God's plan in the New Testament is the local church. We need to tell people that because, and not hit them over the head with it, but just, just let them know God's plan is still the same. It's the local church. And so, uh, and so he's got a plan for many different things. We could spend a lot of time talking about it. But when it comes to the blessings of God, the blessings of God are in, the, the, His plan for blessings is in, are in the plan for what we're supposed to be doing with our lives. Isn't that right? And so if we'll find what God's plan is, what we're supposed to be doing, we won't struggle to receive the fullness of everything God has for us in the, in the blessings department. Amen. Hey, I, I found that... Uh, as I follow God's plan, I don't have to use my faith to clean up all the devil's messes because there's protection from a lot of things in God's plan. There's a lot of things that uh, I think people struggle with in faith receiving because they want to receive the blessings, but they don't want to receive the plan. They, they, they say, well, well, I know that I've been here and preaching, you know, it's God's will that I be healthy and strong physically or financially blessed or whatever. And so, you know, I'm just going to go after that. But God deals with them about where he wants them to go to church or he deals with them about some, some part of his plan for their life. And they don't see the connection between that and being able to receive all that God has for them. It's, in their minds, it's disconnected, but not in the mind of God. Am I preaching all right? I found, I don't, I don't, this could be misunderstood, but I was a, when I was a kid, we played, we had scavenger hunts. We'd have teams and somebody would set up the hunt. You got to go to a certain place and find this certain thing. And then there's a piece of instructions there about how to find something else. And you, and then you got to keep following these, these, uh, clues. And eventually you'll be the first one to get to the prize and you win. There's something at the end of the hunt, you know, and uh, I found, you know, walking in the blessings of God are a little like that. Walking in God's plan is a little like that. You got to take the steps that he's telling you to take in order to get to the next part of his blessings. Amen. Amen. Tell your neighbor he's preaching better than your amen this morning. Hey. 
Praise the Lord. So you just got to learn that, you know, well, somebody said, where's that in the scriptures? Well, Paul, for example, on the road to Damascus was struck down by that light. And he said, well, what do you want me to do? He said, go into the city and it'll be told you. Well, I want you to tell me right now. You know, it's not going to happen that way. Just do what I told you to do and it'll happen. In the New Testament, I mean, in the Old Testament, we find verses that say, like, for example, uh, in thy light shall we see light. In other words, walk in the light you have and more light will be given. Well, I don't know what's out there. Of course, it's a faith walk. That's why you don't know what's out there. He's not going to tell you everything that's out there. Well, if I take this step, where's it going to end up? It's it's a walk of faith. Trust him. You got to believe he's he's good and you got to believe he's got your best interest at heart. The reason it requires faith is it doesn't always automatically look like it's the best for you. But we don't, we don't live by look like. We live by faith. I found he knows better than me. Some of us need to admit that God knows better than us. Stop matching wits with him. Stop fussing with him. Stop kicking every prompting you get, you know. So um, it's a little like, the, you know, following a scavenger hunt thing. You, you, you follow instructions, you do what the first instructions tell you to do, and it gets you to the next phase. And the more you keep following that, the better it gets. Hallelujah. So, but let me say this, his plan's not in your head either. God communicates with me. I'm just giving you a whole lot of practical things this morning. I think sometimes we, we, just, we just need to get down to practical. Uh, our head has a plan. I mean, I had formulated plans by the age of 14 or 12 or 14. I had my life laid out. I'm not doing a single piece of it. Not, not, not even close. Thank God. <laughs> That would have been so low, such low living. I'm telling you. you and so, uh, but, but your head has plans, but God will deal with your spirit. God is a spirit and he communicates with your spirit. He puts things in your heart that your head doesn't understand sometimes, but just follow your heart. And, uh, they're, they're not based on, his plans are not based on external circumstances. His plans are not based on what's convenient or your family history. They're not based on what your family thinks you ought to do. Your family might not have the mind of God for your life. No, they might. They might be spiritual people. I don't know. I'm just saying they, they might not. You, you're going to have to stand before the Lord, and he's not going to say, did you do what grandma said? Did you do what your mom and dad said? Well, as a minor, yes. But I'm talking about when you get to the age where you've got to make those decisions yourself. Amen. And, and uh, uh, every man will stand before the Lord alone. You won't stand there with mom and daddy. You won't stand there with grandma. Nope. You'll stand there alone. It's just between you and him. Amen. You got to think about that. Because other people want to tell you what to do. 
They got plans for you. They, I mean, I, I know I could tell, I'm thinking of somebody right now, that they are far, far from the plan of God. Now, I'm not talking about because I believe it's the plan of God. I'm talking about because they came to us crying on several occasions, telling us what God had dealt with them about. All right, come on. Come on. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, sir. And they are far from that today. Far from that today. And uh, one of the main reasons that, one of the main things that got them off was because their dad insisted they go a certain way before they do that. Because in this case, it was somebody called to the ministry. And, and they insisted that, well, there's no money in the ministry. You got to get a career and you got to do this and that. And so now they were of the age they could make a different decision. I'm not talking about a minor, you know. But they were of the age they were, should be making their own decisions. And they decided to go with what dad said. And it got them totally out of the plan of God. And they struggle, 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 struggle. Because they don't agree with the plan of God. You understand what I'm talking about? Brother Hagin said the, the reason people struggle is because they don't agree with God. They, he's got a plan, but then they've got a plan. So just, just doing some practical teaching, pastoral help on some of these things. It's important. It's, it's not a, you know, it might not, uh, the consequences, not because God's mean and going to hit you, but just because you're on the devil's territory and he'll attack you. The consequences might not all show up next week, but the further you go, the more dangerous it gets. Amen. Well, um, you know. That's, that's another verse. But then here's another one. The Bible says, then shall you know as you follow on to know the Lord. The more you walk in what you know to do, God will reveal more. That's just his nature. I'm glad. Amen. So there's, there's a prayer. What we're talking about requires a prayer life. Finding the plan of God. I mean, good old fashioned praying, seeking God. Spending time quiet, turning off news, turning off yes. YouTube, turning off, you know, all the noise, all the other voices, and just seeking God, finding out what God's plan is. That, that should be a target. The plan of God should be a target for your prayer life. Amen. One of the targets for your prayer life. And whenever you make that your, uh, the target for your prayer life, and then you, f- you, you follow that, that he's showing you to do, then so many things that you desire in life will begin to come to pass. That's just the way God set it up. The good life is in his plan. Hallelujah. Now, um, there's a lot we could say about this, but John 16, 13 says that Jesus said this in John 16, 13, about whenever the Holy Ghost comes, he said, he will show you things to come. The Holy Ghost, that's one of his assignments. He's standing by to show you things to come. Right. Well, that could apply to, that. You, could, you could make that say a lot of things. You know, what's coming in the economy, what's coming in, you could, you, could, yeah. you know, he'll, he'll show you things to come in a lot of different areas. But what about his plan for your life? He'll show you that. He'll show you the future that he has for you. You ever notice some of those verses in the other translations there in Jeremiah 29, 11, they talked about the future. The future that you hope for? The plan, the future is a mystery to the natural mind. 
But you can know what you need to know about the future by praying in other tongues. Yes. Amen. Spending time seeking God. Yes. And you should do that regularly. Yes. Amen. Because it's easy to mix your own thinking yes. in with or, or first of all, it's easy to follow your own plans rather than God's plans. But then even if God does reveal his plan, it's easy to mix your own thinking in with that. Yeah. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Well, now what he's saying by saying he'll show you things to come is that the Holy Spirit's job is to show you. One of the things he's saying is to show you his plan. Yes. I don't know if you've ever read in 2 Kings, excuse me, 1 Kings 18, verses 41 through 42. I'll just read it. Elijah said to Ahab, get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab, uh, it says, went up to eat and drink. And Elijah went up to the top of Carmel and he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees. And you read the story, he prayed this thing out. So uh, what we see here is Elijah tells Ahab... There's a sound of abundance of rain. So what's going on here? This verse is describing a man hearing the plan of God in the spirit realm before anybody saw it in the natural realm. Or seeing it. He said, I heard there's a sound. He might have heard and seen it, but he mentioned he heard it. So when you pray, you get previews of things to come before people even anybody else even knows anything about it. They're looking at what they see. You're spending time in the spirit and seeing what God's plan is before, t- before time, Amen. ahead of time. Whew, glory be to God. And re- if you'll spend enough time with God, you'll begin to see and know. You'll begin to hear him, his voice, hear him talking to you. And you'll know exactly what to do. You won't live with a question mark over your head. You'll live with an exclamation point over your head. Some people don't understand confident people. People that are sure. They know what God's saying. They know what to do. They know what God's. I just don't know. I just don't. I don't know. I don't understand people like that. Well, if you had a prayer, the kind of prayer life where you settle all those things because you prayed about it, sought God about it, and worked it all out between you and God, and finally you said, I know this is what God's saying to me to do. In fact, He showed me that's what's coming. Then you can walk around confident like others. Well, I just don't know where to go to church. People bop around and bump around and they just get beat up because they're not sure. They don't settle things. You got to get sure and you got to settle things. Now the Amplified says, of, you remember Romans 8, verse number 14 and 16. 14 says, the man is led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. Verse 16 says, his spirit bears witness with our spirits that we are the sons of God. Uh, the Amplified says, giving assurance to our spirits that we are the Son of God. I like that. Giving assurance. There is an assurance that comes by meditating on the Word. But there is an assurance that comes by knowing what the Spirit is dealing with you about. Amen. I said amen. And that comes by the inner witness. Assuring you. This is it. This is it. Now, if you start taking steps and, and, and you say, well, I, I believe this is it, I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure, and you start taking steps and that assurance is not there, well, then you back up. You understand? But people that pray, they get previews of things to come. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
And you might walk for a while and it appears like it's not it. But down in here, you got peace. Down in here, you got the assurance. You just stick with what you know down here and out here will change. People, they walk by circumstances and they say, well, it doesn't look like I heard God. Well, who, who said we're supposed to go by look like? Well, why don't you go by what you know down in here? And listen, you need to, if you need to go back and get reassurance, go back and get reassurance. But don't change, don't throw away what you, what you were certain of and sure of just because, well, it doesn't look like it's going to work out. That's, see, it's come to faith. Has it come to that? Has it come to faith? We got to walk by faith. I know Jesus said to Brother Hagin one time, he was unfaithful in one of the phases of his ministry. And he said, the reason you were unfaithful is because you did not believe it was my spirit that had spoken unto you. Then he said this, I never forget it. You ought to write this down. He said, faith not only believes my word, but it, he said, faith is not only believes my word, but it believes what my spirit has spoken unto man. So you have to mix faith with the word to get it to work for you, but you have to mix faith with what the Holy Ghost is bearing witness with your spirit about to get it to work for you. Amen. Amen. So I'll say that again. I think some of you want to get that. Faith not only believes the written word, but it believes what my spirit has spoken unto man. Mix faith with what the Holy Ghost is telling you to do. Now, mixing faith doesn't include just saying, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. No, it has to do with taking steps. Take steps. Take steps. If I told you the number of people that came through the door said, God told me this is my church. This church would be a thousand people. That's not an exaggeration. That might be an underestimation. (laughs) Amen. So, you know, not, not beating up on anybody. I'm just saying we got to learn to follow these things and not get distracted from what he's telling us, what he's saying to us. Amen. So people that pray, they get previews. Hallelujah. That's the way Jesus operated on this earth. He just said, he said, I just do whatever I see my father do. I just say whatever I hear my father say. So you can operate the same way. In fact, you should operate the same way. People raise their hand. I just want to be more like Jesus. Okay, do that. Do that. Follow. Just do what you saw yourself do it. Just do what he said do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, King, uh, 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 King Agrippa was, Paul was on trial before King Agrippa, Acts 26, 19. And uh, Paul said this to King Agrippa. He said, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Remember, he had that experience where there was actually a vision. Well, what about whatever God spoke to you about? You don't have to have a vision for God to speak to you. Don't be disobedient to that. That's good. One purpose of prayer is to get the heavenly vision. You remember Hebrews, 5, Hebrews 8, 5, Moses was admonished to make all things according to the pattern shown thee on the mount. That's a type today. We could say, because Moses was in, in prayer in the spirit. You could say today, uh, do everything just like you saw in the spirit in prayer. Whenever you get out of prayer, you need to write things down you got in prayer. Because within a few minutes, especially if you get a phone call and get busy, within a few minutes, that's going to be pretty indistinct to you. You could lose clarity of what you saw in prayer. 
And people go out and they forget all about what God yeah. showed them in prayer. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. And then they become disobedient to the heavenly vision. Not, not maybe, maybe sometimes not maliciously disobedient, just forgot about it. How many of you know if it's not important enough to write down uh, and, and, and we forget about it, then, then we didn't esteem it high enough. It needs to be very, very valuable to us. Why? I'll tell you one reason you need it right down because your mind can become uh, unclear, maybe, in, maybe not in weeks to come, but maybe in years to come, exactly how the Lord said that. I've found that whenever I write it down right under that anointing when it came, it carries that anointing with it. And when I go back and read it, maybe years later, that same anointing's there. It's like, whoa, whoa, that helps me. I forgot all I, that. I go back there. That helps me. Get it, capture it under that anointing. I don't know if it makes sense to you, but I'm just sharing a lot of stuff out of my heart. And so God shows people his plan. You need to not only write it down just to remember it and keep it real clear, but write it down because the devil's going to come for that. He's going to say, you don't want to do that. Or you can't do that. I mean, who do you think you are? You know, you've messed messed up so many times. God's plan, I I am shocked at how much God believes in me sometimes. You ever ever notice how much God believes in you? He'll show you what his plan is for you and you're going... Me. Me. I was talking to a pastor friend of mine, and he was telling me the same thing. I, I, I said, yeah, I know what you're talking about. He said he, he was praying one day with his, some of his people in the church, and God showed him some, another part of his plan and where he was going and so forth. And he said, me? <laughs> me? Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. 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 You know, God wants to use you in ways you never even dreamed yet. Yeah. And he wants to bless you in ways you've never dreamed yet. Woo, glory to God. So you need to write it down. And there's a lot of people you need not tell about it. Because they'll poo-poo your dream. I mean, not your dream, but heaven's plan. Which ought to become your dream, you know. And, and there's a lot of people that can't handle what God said to you. Because they're full of, you know, natu- uh, natural reasoning and natural thinking and they see you in the flesh. They, they, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Or they have small thinking. Hallelujah. Don't share it with them. How many of you, Joseph shared his dream with his brothers and his brothers loved it so much they sold him into slavery. You know? Still came to pass. But what I'm saying is there's just some people that can't handle your dream. <laughs> they'll, they'll, anyway, praise the Lord. And so if you can handle it, I'm just going to go through some practical things here. Uh, spend enough time to where you get the mind of God and where you sift out, in, in prayer I mean, and where you sift out all your own thinking and your own feelings and your own emotions from that plan. Because you can get the plan of God, but then mix your own feelings and emotions in with it and, and get off because you didn't sift all that out. I don't know if that makes any sense or not. People, they get emotionally involved in what God's saying. And if they're not careful, their emotions will be involved in the plan for a while, but then they go somewhere else. And since they're following their emotions, they go somewhere else. 
So sift all that out. Spend enough time in prayer to where you sift out your own thinking and your own feelings. Uh, a lot of times your own plans and your own emotions are, are going to take you places that uh, will be cloud. You won't have the ability to hear from God. Emotions, listen to this very carefully. Emotions uh, are a, a barrier to communication. Emotions color how you hear things. Amen. You ever been all worked up emotionally having a heated discussion with your spouse or somebody? Of course, not you, but somebody behind you. Um, you know, and, and, and later, and because you're so emotionally involved, you got so insistent on something. And later, after you cooled off emotionally, it's like, what's the big deal? I was getting all worked up about nothing. See, that, your emotions colored their communication. It distorted. That's a better word. That's the word I'm looking for. It distorted their communication. Yes. Boy, some people need to learn that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I've had people where I just shared something simple. <laughs> and they turned it into something that it wasn't. Yeah. Amen. Tell your neighbor it's all true. I've done it. You've done it. But we're, we're not going to keep on doing it. So sift all that out. God can speak to you and you get emotional about it. You know what I'm talking about? And you better be careful because that'll distort what he really said. Communication won't be that clear. Amen. And then the verse says, Psalm 127, 1, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain to build it. And I'm not necessarily systematically teaching something. I'm just sharing things God put in my heart. And so unless the Lord build the house. Now, there's two words. He said, the labor in vain. There's two words. I don't want to be in a sentence together in my life anywhere. And that's labor and vain. No, thank you. Amen. And so, uh, I want to build his plan because he will help me build his plan. My plan. I'm on my own. That's why it's such labor and it produces nothing. Because I'm on my own. His plan, he's, he's, he's obligated to his plan. He's committed to his plan. He's not committed to my plan. He's committed to his plan. And so he'll get involved in his plan. I'll put my hand to it, but he'll put his hand to it. Oh, hallelujah. And it won't be all that labor. I have a responsibility, but it won't be the struggle. It won't be the labor because he's working with me. Somebody said, I'm just working for God. Quit, please quit. I thought we were supposed to work for God. No, you're supposed to work with him. Work with him. It's not a matter of just go find something, find a need and go meet it. You're going to be dead and in the grave by 35 years old because there's needs everywhere. You cannot, you're not called to go meet needs. You're called to work with God and do what he tells you to do. There are needs this morning in Africa. There's needs this morning in China. There's needs this morning. I can't be everywhere all the time. I just got to be where he tells me to be. Just do what was he told. Do that. Do that. Do that. If I'm doing somebody else's plan or what God told somebody else to do, I'm getting in the way. 
Amen. And if I'm not doing my plan, you know, I'm talking about what God gave me to do, the plan of God for my life, then I'm not bringing a supply to what I'm supposed to be doing. So somebody else is going to have to do that. So I just got to do what he told me to do. Hallelujah. And so um, finding the plan is very, very critical um, because if you want God's best for your life, that's, that's one, one big reason is very, very critical. In fact, your, your life can be uh, cut short because you're doing your own plan. Yeah, right. uh, I don't have time to get into that, but I'll just say it this way. God blesses all his people as far as he can. He wants to bless people much further so many times. But if he blessed all our plans to the full measure, you know what I'm talking about? Then he would be endorsing our plans. And he's not going to do that. Now, he loves us all and wants to bless us all and will as far as he can. But if we keep doing our plan, it's like over here is where all my blessings are. But I'm not over there. I'm over here. Remember, living the good life in the plan, walking the court. But, but if that's where all the blessings are and I'm over here, well, uh, they, yeah. he can't fully bless me over here. Yeah. Don't make your plans and ask him to bless it. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And so uh, the closer you follow his plan, the easier these blessings will flow. Yeah. Oh, that's a good word right there. And so that power will be in manifestation to, to put it over and to bless your life. And so uh, many times people fail just because they're not following God's plan. Well, I don't know what it is. Okay. Start praying. Well, I don't know how to pray. Okay. Find, just find somebody that does or learn, get in the word about prayer. We got all kinds of series on it. Amen. Amen. And so God would like to financially bless people sometimes more, yes. but, but not sometimes he does, but, yeah. but they keep doing their own thing. Yeah. Yeah. They're zigging when he's zagging. Yeah. A lot of people, God didn't tell them to do what they're doing. Just circumstances put them there. I'm, I'm preaching pretty good this morning. You analyze a lot of people in the body of Christ. Why are you doing what you're doing? Why, why are you living where you're living? Why are you, why are you, why are you going to church where you're going? Why did you marry that person? Yeah. And a lot of it's circumstantial. Yeah. Circumstances. Yeah. Put them there. Circumstances are not the leading of the Spirit. We're, we're led internally, yes. not externally. Yes. Amen. But a lot of people are, when can, you need to be able to always go back to, and, and, and answer. If I were to ask you what you're doing right now, why are you doing it? You ought to be able to go back to a point where God spoke to your heart or put that in your heart. If you can't do that, ask yourself why you're doing it. Amen. Tell your neighbor he's preaching better than your amen. Hallelujah. So some people, they just add to what God said. Or take away from what God said or mix their own thinking in with what God said. Uh, all that gets you kind of, you know, it starts limiting the blessings of God. It's easy to stray from God's plan. It's as easy as just not, just not uh, being, walking close to God. Because circumstances will come up and kind of start pushing you this direction or that direction. Amen. That's why people get in trouble financially. And so uh, God's plan just works better. He, well, I don't know what his plan is. I'll tell you why. It's because he's a perfect gentleman. Yes. Amen. 
Notice he said, Jeremiah 33, 3, call unto me. And I'll, King James says, answer thee. How about we say it this way? Call and I'll talk to you. Well, he's not talking to me. Did you call? Ring, God, hello. (laughs) Not that kind of call, but the kind of seeking, desiring to know. Well, praise the Lord. What if I just get a prompting and I don't know? Well, there's one way you can find out. Just start taking steps towards it. You want to learn to know his voice? What you sense, it might be God. Start taking steps towards it. And if you start losing peace and it's not right, you back off. Say, I learned something. That wasn't the right voice. That wasn't the right voice. <laughs> I told you it was going to be practical this morning. And you just keep, you keep, uh, I don't mean sign on the line where you, you now owe $700,000 or something. You know, I'm talking about just take some kind of step towards something. And, uh, and, and, uh, if you're going to miss it, miss it trying. Yes, amen. I don't know. Exactly. If, am I saying it the way I should say it, Lord? I, I, don't, I mean uh, miss it by taking steps. Not missing it by holding back all the time. Well, I just don't know. I don't know. Of course you don't because you keep sitting back saying you don't know. Amen. And so he will, won't intrude in your life if you don't ask him. So you got to take time to seek him. And here's something, uh, just because God told somebody else to do something doesn't mean he's telling you to do it. Boy, young Christians have to learn that one right there. Somebody's, somebody gets a strong leading, a strong experience with God and tells them what to do, something like that. And they're, they're talking about it and all in about it. And praise God, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just going all. And, and other people are like, well, well, maybe I should do that. Maybe I, no, God didn't speak to you. Learn to be okay with other people just doing what God told them to do yes. without you being under condemnation about not doing it. Amen. Or competitive. Yes. Yes. What if God signs some people to, to move to Lee's Summit? You didn't fail because God didn't lead you there. You're not in disobedience because God didn't speak to you. Amen. There's just a lot of things people get all twisted up on the inside about. Well, why didn't they pick me? Thank God for it. Church planting is not for the faint of heart. You should thank God for it. If, he, if God doesn't speak to you or speak to us about talking to you, about going down, then you just need to go, whoopee, whoopee, click your heels and say, thank God. Amen. <laughs> So uh, doing things because somebody else is doing it is not a leading for you. Amen. Amen. And uh, rather than just do what somebody else is, you know, God, remember God told Peter uh, what he was going to do and then, or, or told John, and then Peter said, well, what about, remember that? Yeah. Or told Peter, and John said, well, if I want him to live. Because Peter asked, what about John? He said, if I want him to live till I come, what's that to you? You follow me. Well, God spoke to so-and-so that they're supposed to be in that prayer meeting every Monday morning. And I'm telling you what, if you miss it, you're, you're in disobedience. Well, maybe I'm in disobedience because God didn't speak to me. No, you're not in disobedience. You've got to be okay with that. Amen. No, compa- no comparison. 
No competition? Amen. Hallelujah. So um, trust God with go, go by as much by what he doesn't say as what he does say. Can you handle a few more practical things here? Well, I've prayed and I'm walking with God and I'm, I'm walking all the light I have and everybody seems to be, he's saying God told him to do this and that. He's not telling me to do that. Then don't. We're not talking about something that's written in the word. I'm not talking about something written. I'm talking about something more specific about, you know, you know what I mean? The things that the word doesn't cover, like you're supposed to be in the ministry or what you're supposed to, you know, whatever. Hallelujah. So uh, trust him uh, that uh, whatever he says to you, trust him with what he doesn't say to you. Hallelujah. And uh, here's something. Uh, Mix your faith with what he does say. Take it to him. You might not be able to, take to talk it to a lot of people. Might, and a lot of times it'd be inappropriate to talk to a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. But take it to the Lord and constantly say, Father, you said this to me. I thank you. This is yeah, coming to yeah, pass. Right. And, and, and seek him about the steps that you need to take to get into that. Yes. Yes. Because, and, and I'll tell you one of the biggest steps is preparation. Yes. Yes. Preparing. Yes, sir. Many things could be sped up if we were ready for them. Yeah. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about all of us. Yeah. If we were ready for it, yeah. that's, sometimes we think we're waiting on God whenever he's waiting on us to get ready. God, when he said there in John 16, 13, Jesus said he'll show you things to come. Ask yourself the question, why would he do that? Just so you can go, I know what's coming. No. There's a purpose for him showing. And I'll tell you, one of the main purposes a lot of times, especially when it comes to his plan, is begin to prepare for it. Noah, by faith, prepared for what God said was coming. Prepared. Preparation is a big reason that he shows us things to come. Hallelujah. And so, if you can still handle I got a few more things here. Hallelujah. So... Um, God doesn't bring failures into our lives. Amen. Failures are man-made. <laughs> We've all done it, so don't, don't think I'm preaching down. Failures are man-made. Amen. No failure comes from heaven. It's a result of not for, there's a number of reasons Christians could fail, uh, just, just not knowing the word, not knowing the authority they have or something like that. But some of us just do the, they keep doing their own plans. Amen. So um, if you can handle just a few more, ask yourself the question, when, was, when did God speak to me about what I'm doing? God won't get involved in what you're doing. He'll get involved in what he said for you to do. Amen. That's what he means by the, when, except the Lord build the house. That's him getting involved. I want him involved. I don't want to labor on my own. <laughs> that can be a lot of vain, uh, you know, vain work. Amen. So pray about the plan. I remember a story about Brother Hagin praying, and he got over in the spirit, and he found himself tracing with one f- finger around. Uh, his, he put his thumb and his uh, finger together like that, and the other hand was tracing it. And he was praying out the plan. You remember then he got the interpretation? Yes. 
Somebody said, isn't that wonderful what God did for Brother Hagin? That's not just unique for one man. God doesn't have a plan for one man. He has a plan for all of us. It might not be revealed the way that happened, but God will witness with your spirit. And uh, if you continue to seek God and pray enough in tongues, I'll tell you something. God sees hunger. He sees hunger. Yes, he sees faith, but he sees people that are hungry to know he will not abandon them and leave them on their own just not knowing. If you really want to know, he'll show you. Now, some people don't, they say they want to know, but they really don't. Because, you know, he might send me to China to be a missionary or something, you know. <laughs> so they're a little afraid. Well, I don't know. What's he, what's he going to say? You got to know he's got your best interest at heart. Just like we said, he's got your best interest at heart. Trust him in this. Trust him in this. Well, what if it's something that I'm not going to enjoy in life? Listen, you don't even know what you enjoy. And enjoyment is not just an emotional thing. It's a heart satisfaction. You can be something in the natural. You really enjoy doing in the natural, but really it has an emptiness to it compared to the satisfaction of fulfilling his plan down inside. That's real enjoyment. That's real enjoyment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you got to mix faith with his plan. You got to trust him, not be afraid to seek him, not say, well, he's going to send me to China. I'm afraid. I don't want to know. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, some people want to know and some people say they want to know, but they, they're scared really. You got to trust his, his, he's a father. He's not going to, you're going to, you're going to like this. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Some of that just, well, I wish I had more time. Praise the Lord. So uh, God will only put over what he has commissioned. Now you can work real hard, maybe make something work, but there'll be a lot of sorrow in it. There'll be a lot of labor in it. There'll be a lot of heartache in it. There'll be a lot of stuff. Remember the less the Lord build the house, they labor in vain, but he's only going to put over what he commissions. Hallelujah. But uh, if he is in it, I just got a few more things here I believe I'm supposed to say. If he is in it, then he'll put it over. And because he's going to get involved with it, he'll pay the bills. Because doing what he told you sometimes creates bills. (laughs) Well, I, I, I don't know. That, that's going to put a, that's going to create some needs. Well, that's what the supply is for. He'll supply your needs. Some people never see the supply because they never step out and create a need. Yeah. I tell the Lord sometimes when the bills come in, you got a bill. Not my bill, it's yours. I didn't, I didn't plan to do it. It wasn't my plan to do this anyway, so I'm going to go out and enjoy something. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to worry about the bill because it's your bill. I didn't, it wasn't my plan to do this anyway. I'm not saying that in unwillingness or that I don't delight in it. I'm saying it in the sense of I got all the care of this thing cast over on the Lord. Brother Hagin was driving around the campus of Raymond one time in a little golf cart showing one of his friends, somebody he hadn't seen for a long time, 
showing them the campus, and they said, oh, my goodness, you seem, you look, they saw all the responsibilities, financially, everything. You must have a lot of pressure on you. Brother Hagin said he got real loud. No, no, not me, not me. No, 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 I, not, not me. I got that over on the Lord. Hallelujah. Woo. Live foot loose and fancy free. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Here's something people do. Yeah, come on. Somebody shout hallelujah. No care in the world about it. Did God tell you to do it? Then it's his, his responsibility to put it over. <laughs> so here's another thing. People, they hear God's plan, but then sometimes they didn't get the timing for it. I, I, there's some things here I really have in my heart. I know we've run a little long, but if I could get this out, I believe it'd be better to get it out today. They get God's plan, but they don't get the timing of it. The timing of the spirit in the spirit. Everything seems like right now. I don't know if you've ever, if you know what I'm talking about, you can be praying about something and you see God's plan and it looks like it's going to happen before, before nine o'clock tonight. Whoa, yeah, whoa, and you get all excited about it, and you go three years and nothing's happened. And you're like, I must have missed that. You didn't miss it. You just didn't get the timing on it. Everything in the Spirit seems like it's right now. <laughs> so learn to wait on the right timing to implement God's plan. Learn to wait on the quickening of the Holy Ghost. Now it's time to step out into that. Because... God not only has a plan, he has a timing for it. Now, some things are because of divine timing, but some things are because we have to be prepared for it before we're ready to step out into it. So what do I do to, to, uh, to, to find the timing of it? Do everything you know to do to keep growing spiritually and be faithful to God. Take every step he tells you to take and develop your spirit. So that you can know the voice of God when, when, when the timing for it to, to come to pass is. Does that help you? Wait for the quickening of the Holy Ghost. Keep building your faith. In this time between when God spoke to you and the fulfillment of that, build your faith for that. Tell your neighbor, build your faith for that. Amen. Because a lot of times God's not waiting. Uh, we're not waiting on God. God's waiting on us, our faith to be ready for it. <laughs> that's the truth about it. So we're not actually waiting on God. A lot of times he's waiting on us, but that's, but that's still, God still won't prompt you. Even if he would like it done right now, he still won't prompt you until your faith is ready because he's not going to prompt you into failure. He just won't do that. He, he's, he's interested in your well-being as well. Hallelujah. Here's a, here's an area people miss it. I'm almost done. They pick up on what the Spirit is saying to others or what He wants others to do or that He wants to do through others in the body of Christ, but they interpret the fact that they sensed this to mean that God wanted them to do it. I don't know if that makes any sense to you or not. If you're sensitive to the Holy Ghost, you'll pick up on things that God wants to do in the body of Christ. But did He tell you to do it? Amen. And so uh, if you grab it and run, 
You'll find this in prayer for other people sometimes. You're praying for other people, and you might not be aware you're praying for somebody else, but you really are, and you sense God's dealing with you to do something. But really, you're praying for somebody else. And so if you grab it and run off, and it wasn't him telling you to do it, then you'll, you'll miss it and, and fail. Amen. You'll try to build something God's not having you build. Brother Hagin said people would call him. God told him to start Bible school, Raymond Bible Training Center. He said people, ministers, would call him all the time and say, God told us to start a school. How, how do I do it? Brother Hagin always said, tell him. If he told him to do it, he'll tell him how. Yeah. <laughs> In other words, don't call me and ask me how. Yeah. Fact is, it wasn't really God telling them to do it to begin with. They just picked up on the, the leading of the Spirit. In the, God wanted this Bible school in the body of Christ. They picked up on it and assumed it was them. If he didn't tell them how to do it, it wasn't God telling them to do it. Tell your neighbor, he's helping me a whole bunch. God's helping all of us. Hallelujah. So get, uh, you can get things in a real mess. Just, just doing every little thing that you find yourself praying about. When you really start giving yourself to prayer, God will have you praying for other people. And if you're not careful, that thing will come on you like a burden almost or, a, or an assignment. But it was an assignment to pray for somebody. It wasn't an assignment for you to go out and do it. This, this needed to be said in this congregation. There's a couple of situations right now. People are picking up other people's assignments. Or they're picking up something God wants to do and they think it's them that are supposed to be doing it. Did God say you're supposed to do it? You understand what I'm talking about? And they labor and they labor. They think it's them, so they labor and labor and get under the weight of it and get under the burden of it and it almost kills them. Because it wasn't them that's supposed to be doing it. I'm telling you, if God tells you to do it, he'll grace you to do it. And it won't kill you to do it. You know what I'm talking about? Hallelujah. So don't labor for him, labor with him. Thank you, Jesus. And here's something else. Learn to rest as you go. When God tells you to do something, something's his plan, learn to rest as you go. How many of you know they that believe enter into rest? When you take, remember, take my yoke upon you. We shared that recently. When you take that upon you, don't take the burden of it upon you. You just are taking the responsibility, but you're not taking the care. And you rest as you go. Hallelujah. Your life is to be carefree. Everything. You could have 17 assignments from heaven. I'm not saying you do, but I'm saying you could have 17 assignments from heaven and you look around at your life in the natural and you think, man, I, man. But, but you, just, you just stay out of that realm and live, live carefree. Does that make any sense? <laughs> Hallelujah. Keep the burden of it off of you. If he doesn't put it over, you can't put it over. So you just say, Lord, I'm casting the care of all this over on you. All I'm going to do is what you told me to do. And I'm going to do it in faith, believing that you're going to put it over. I can't put it over. I don't have the reason. I don't have the money. I don't have that. But but you do. And I'm going to tap into that supply by just doing what you said to do in faith and casting the care. I'm going to cast the rest of the care over over on you. And I'm going to just live footloose and fancy free. Glory be to God. I'm sleeping at night. I'm going to sleep just as good as, in fact, I'm going to sleep better than I ever have. 
my head hits the pillow, I'm going to cut Z's. Start that chainsaw. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, we've heard some chainsaws this past weekend, man. I'm telling you what. Stand up with me. Praise the Lord. Just some practical things. Did you learn? Did you get any? Did you find something in there that'll help you? Praise be to God. Just some practical things. Sometimes we just need some practical advice. I know people, they, they find the plan of God, but they labor in their own efforts to bring it to pass. I know somebody, I think it was, uh, who was it? Miss Alexis and, no, was that last Sunday? That was part of the word that God gave to you all. But you don't have to make this come to pass. Just let him bring it to pass. <laughs> Glory. That doesn't mean whenever he says, I want you to do this, we don't do it. But we just don't, we don't do it under the burden of, I got to make this work. I got to, no, you don't have to make this work. You don't have to make this work. In fact, you'd better get it off of you. Glory. People of joy and, and no care are in more faith than people. I, I believe, I, I believe, I believe, I believe. That's not faith. It just doesn't even pass the smell test. You know what I'm talking about? It doesn't even smell like faith. It smells like anxiety. Amen. Woo. God tells you to start a church and nobody shows up for four services. Well, go ahead and pass the offering bucket past your wife and your kids then. Huh? We're just going to do what God told us to do. If he don't put it over, we, ain't, we can't put it over. Woo, glory. Glory, glory, glory. <laughs> oh, I like this life. I like the faith life. It's so much better. So much better. Hallelujah. Well, well what if God looks bad? Well, then, then let him look bad. What? Did you say that, Pastor? Yeah, I said it. If he can't put it over, then he's going to look bad. You got your reputations on the line, Lord. <laughs> Some of you are cringing right now. It's like, oh, is fire going to fall from heaven? No. Glory. Brother Hagin said, if Raymond went under, he said, I'd just go, go on shouting and praising God for the victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I did what he told me to do. And he failed. No, he's not going to fail. He will not fail. He will not fail. Hallelujah. He will not. He will not. And then he said, I will not leave you nor forsake you. I'll not drop you. I'll not let you fail. I'll not let you go. I will not. I will not. I will not. <laughs> Glory. Thank God, thank God, thank God. It's a wonderful way to live. It's much better than taking the care of everything on yourself. Praise God.